Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. It's typical in business that we, things change. Whatever we we're thinking about, whatever we see, whatever is going on in the world changes. And sometimes we flat out miss it. We don't see the change coming and then we get caught doing the old thing that we're used to doing and the world has changed around us. Nowhere is this more true than the advertising world. And, and I'm a big marketer. I do a lot of marketing and advertising for my clients and going from a traditional advertising model of even 10 years ago to the social media marketing world that we have today, people were too late to the game. Now they jump in it. They have no idea what they're doing and they're having very little success with it. We are going to dig into that today on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kipnis. We are on C-Suite Radio. I want to thank them for uh, hosting our show and putting it out there to the world. I also want to thank my new sponsor, the Wine Ambassador, which is the world's fastest growing wine club. If you drink wine and you want to get good wines delivered to you, or if you want to make money on wine or get your wine for free, go to wineadam.com. Check out some information there. Uh, it's great for wine. It's also great for gifts for your clients. Um, super easy way to uh, not have to know what you're doing in the wine world and let someone else make the choices for you. Thanks to them. Today's guest uh, worked in traditional marketing and he learned that side of the world, the advertising game. Spent a lot of time there, but then he saw the shift. He saw the shift before many of us did to a more social media driven world. He saw the benefits and he started helping his clients with it and it led to his business real-time outsourcing. It's also his podcast, Be Real, where he talks all things business, including social media. We're going to learn exactly not only what did he see, but what he continues to see that we can benefit from and learn from an expert in social media. It's not all about social media, but if you do it right, it can change your business. Travis Huff, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I'm excited. Excited to be on the show, checking out your, your show. And I think it's so important uh, that you know all those that are out there in entrepreneurship to continually learn and learn from those other and different businesses because no one has all the answers and you, you, you're doing yourself a disservice to think you know it all, right? So it's just a pleasure to be on your show. And, and these are the kind of things we need as entrepreneurs out there to motivate us through our challenges. I appreciate that. And yeah, if we can get like one quick nugget, one nugget from you that I can implement in my business and the listeners can, listen, can implement in their business that leads them on a better path, leads them to more money, then they can invest in their business, invest in themselves. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. So Travis, as we start, you, you were in traditional, traditional words. You worked in the financial services world for a little mm -hmm. while, and then mm -hmm. that led you to the advertising world. Absolutely. Um, you know, once you went college. I'd always been an entrepreneur too, Adam. I always, I always, I always had a side hustle entrepreneurship. I <laughs> sold lemonade. I also was a paper boy, which is a really tough gig. Uh, you know, doing a, an apartment complex paper boy. I worked in the car wash industry, grinding, getting your hands dirty. And even in college, I actually had my own clothing business where I bought stuff at the thrift store, hooked it up with some patches. But this is before Etsy and some of these things that maybe were more easy or convenient to sell these things. So I killed that business. And truthfully, I got the biggest blessing and opportunity right out of college, Adam, and that was to work for the Walt Disney Company. And that was a unbelievable experience. Uh, ABC television was the brand that I was working for. And I got an interest, uh, you know, kind of a, a insight look at what the advertising business is, you know, and it, it, 
it piqued my interest. Uh, it, it just got me into it. My dad was an accountant. He wanted me to work for him. I also did accounting. So I think it's so important for those that are out there to, that are entrepreneurs to know how to do, do your books. You know, I was just recently had a guest on, we we're talking about Evander Holyfield and the gentleman had people writing checks and he didn't even know it, you know? So if you don't, if you don't have control of your money is one of the biggest things I always say in entrepreneurship, you might be out of business, you know what I mean? And so, but my journey is really at the end of the day, it's always been a, a journey of opportunity, obviously. Uh, and the first opportunity was working at ABC, man. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable company. Um, I, I saw a, great, a lot of changes happening in those years I worked there. And so how I started my business, Adam, is I was literally in 2008, after working at the Disney company for around four years at that point, um, November of 2008, I'm sitting down with a coffee with a buddy from college and we're catching up on the market and industries and things like that. And he says, he says, Hey, Travis, people are going to need their Facebook business pages managed. And that was it. It was like, and you were on the light bulb went on guys. And I was like, boom, let's go. Uh, I, I, I still was working in the same business. I still stayed there and I started kind of thinking, you know, saving a little bit of money up along the way to make sure that if I, didn't, you know, decide to have to cut the cord or whatever, you, you, you know, you have a little bit of savings saved up at least three or six months possibly of bills and things you might need. Um, but, but truthfully it was an opportunity, you know, and I, and, and those, I always say to entrepreneurs or anyone listening, the best ideas you ever have are when you're listening to others and you're not necessarily, it's not your light bulb waking up in the shower and being like, boom, this is my idea. <laughs> that happens. That happens. You know, we, we have those great moments, but Truthfully, I can always thank my buddy Jason because it was just now me acting on that opportunity, right? Because I listened and I said, okay, cool. Here's a, here's a shitty PowerPoint. Let me put this together. Uh, and, and that's it. You know, I mean, in some businesses, that's all you need is a PowerPoint to show what you're going to do. Um, I always believe that you can't, you can't have a real business if you can't get one check. Well, the first check's always the hardest, the first right? Check. Yeah. Get the check. I mean, and I have to say that it's a good thing you didn't go into accounting. You would blow people's doors <laughs> off with your personality. They'd be like, oh, my God, what is going on? People think on? I'm on drugs, man. I'm like, I just drink coffee and water, and I love life. You know, I've had my period of that fun time. But that was in my early rock star 20s, you know what I mean? Like, in a different age now. So, <laughs> Yeah, we, we, many of us have been there. I'm not going to say all yeah, of us. Many of us yeah, have been there. Yeah, yeah. So, so when, you were, when you had your corporate gig, obviously you're getting your paycheck. You're working for a large company. There's probably a lot of conversation about working your way up through your next promotion and you're working toward a promotion. Absolutely. And at what point did you, even, even once you learned, all right, I got to do some Facebook pages. People need this. And you, and you saw a change, right. but you were positioned well in order to grow within the company. Absolutely. How, how did you, uh, how did you manage the two before we get yeah. to the, why you jumped? How did you right. manage the two? Well, it was a little bit scary. It was honestly a scarier time. I saw maybe the recession happening before my eyes, before it actually hit, because I had some big clients like Mervyn's, Got Chalks, which is a huge uh, local retailer, uh, canceled their contracts. I've started seeing home developers not being able to pay their bills and file for bankruptcy and this and that. And so I was getting my media contracts, which obviously dictate the economy. I was getting my media contracts, like they were taking back my commissions and they were just recouping all this old stuff that from invoices from years ago, but the, these companies weren't going to be able to pay. They weren't going to pay. They're going out of business. And so, this was 2007, right? This is like 2008. Take, I would say 2007, okay. 2008, you know, you started kind of seeing the hints of that as well as you started to see the hints of 
that digital was really going to be a place where you could track the analytics and show people how many commercials were going to be on abc.com at that time, for instance, where my traditional commercials, I couldn't show them that, you know? So I knew that there was going to be changes in the industry. Bottom line, I saw it happening in front, you know, they were going to not be able to have the same support. The, the, the tiers of managers were not going to be there. They had a local manager, a national manager, a, a, a general sales manager, and a general manager. There was four managers to run just the one operation. They were going to have to change that. They were going to have to change the staffing because it seemed like if they aren't making as much money on the broadcast side, there's no way they can afford all these people. You know what I mean? They just have to run them cheaper. Because And, and were you on the bottom of that hierarchy of uh... – I mean, I was a salesperson, you know, I think okay. the salespeople, to, to be transparent with you, all the salespeople that I still work with are still there. Okay. But I'll be straight up with you in the 11 years that I left and I'm running my business now for 11 years. All the managers are gone. They've centralized management. They've also centralized production, accounting, all the, the staff support that I, we used to have to kind of help us put together things and run orders and do things. The admins, if you want to call it all gone. The people that are still there are the sales guys. So I would still be there in that role, you know what I mean? no doubt. But the beauty of obviously, as you know, as an entrepreneur is that now we have time, you know, and I've been able to do so many things that I wouldn't have been able to do had I been sitting at that desk, you know what I mean? That, yeah. that long ago. And so I think that's part of it is just that now I have my time back. And also the fact is the industry completely changed, you know, and it, yeah, and you, and you were saying you saw that change coming where you were doing TV advertising, but now things were going online. And, yes. and uh, I know all, all the, the ABC channels or the Disney channels were all part of the Go Network at the time. Some of them still are. ESPN yes. was one and, right. uh, and a bunch of those. And you saw things shifting that way. Did you say to yourself first, hey, Travis, I better go and work in the digital world at, at ABC yeah. or, or for Disney versus starting your own business? Or did you make the jump one from one right to the other and say, you know what, I get sometimes you just have to burn the bridges behind and go in a new path. Absolutely. I mean, I was already doing digital campaigns, you know, as far as like on our, our broadcast, I've been for the, like the few years still kind of mixing in digital. I was like one of the top guys selling digital because most people didn't want to sell it. It was lower commit. It was, it was a higher commission, but lower money, you know? So also $10,000 here, also $1,000 on digital and get paid 20%, but here's a much bigger commission on the other side. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those things that people were still pushing them in the broadcast. Let's just be real. So, but I did obviously like the ethical part of, I could actually show them the analytics. I could show them how many people viewed it, how many people skipped out on this, how many people actually like saw this commercial, unlike my TV commercials, where I couldn't really tell you how many people went to the bathroom, changed the channel, blah, blah, blah. You know what I right. mean? Yep. Put you on mute. TiVo right through you. the most powerful one. You know, it's still the most powerful, but it's, it's the money. It costs a lot of money. If you're McDonald's, no problem. But the local guy can't afford broadcast, you know? In hindsight, obviously, 11 years now, they're all on Facebook and Instagram ads and using these different things, you know, where, which the industry is still there, but it's changed a lot. Obviously, yep. Disney Plus, they've completely skipped the intermediaries. They're going straight to the consumer. You know, everything's changed. You know what I mean? And so you can imagine they're going to have a huge Disney Plus ad network at some point. I guarantee it. You know what I mean? They'll have a free version. They'll have the paid version. They'll have a huge ad network on there. They'll be oh, I'm sure. And they'll start doing more of their own content. I mean, yes. and, the, and the model's already built, right? It's yes. been done by, you know, Netflix really started it, but Hulu and Amazon and Apple now does it with like yes. that one show. Um, so, so you started on the, on the, the Facebook side because people pointed to it and, and you went there 
So what did that look like? Like what, what did that mean back in whatever, 2008, nine, what did, what did a Facebook campaign mean? Cause it's very different today, 12 years later. So it is, what did that say, first thing look like that you did? Absolutely. I mean, it really, a lot of, some elements are, are really the same because obviously it's just creating content to put on the page, right? Like no matter what that is, it could be different. Yes, it is different now. Maybe than it could be then but it's still coming up with content, putting it on the page, scheduling out the content wasn't available back then. So it was still, we'd have to daily, you know, schedule the content in. Um, and then the, a big part still of our business, I will tell you, Adam, is the actually responding back to people, which still kind of has existed. Now there wasn't as many private messaging availabilities. So now we're even getting more messages privately from brands and stuff like that. So, but it was really like, Hey, I'm going to create content, put it on your page, engage with people. And then that was it. And then over the years, it's changing the advertising side has really taken over. Obviously, there's a lot of opportunities you can do with the different things on advertising on Facebook and Instagram to yep. drive extra traffic or grow your followings or get your, um, your, your promotion in front of way more eyeballs that, that week or day or month. You know, if you're a local uh, car wash or your local you know, auto dealership, a lot of times they'd spend five or 10 grand a week on TV. Well, they put that in Facebook ads. You're going to be busy. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you're a local <laughs> you know, car wash or your local, uh, you know, I just had a recent car wash do like a $600 ad campaign and, and a good promotion around it. But the thing went viral. I mean, it just went viral. The business was packed for the three days that they had the promotion. It shit works is the bottom line. And it's very targeted. You're not really wasting money on things that you don't want to target, you know? And so that's the beauty of now the future, I think, Adam, is that the advertising side has become maybe a bigger part of it. And it's really, at the end of the day, if you really want to be transparent, it's a big ad platform. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there is organic reach, folks, but the organic reach that we got back then is different than it is now. Now, I can give you some, some strategies. I can, I can give you some strategies, and we can talk about that through the podcast here of things that will work still on Facebook. Because imagine this, Adam, 11 years, uh, still 11 years in business, one of our biggest requests is still, how can you help me manage my Facebook page? You know, because what's happened is Adam is someone's built a big following, but then is not getting the organic reach. So like they have a hundred thousand followers, they have 10,000 followers and no one's seen their shit. Like no one's seen their content because they haven't been advertising. They're not doing the right organic posts. They're not engaging with people. And so what Facebook does is if you don't comment on any brand page, Adam, they won't, they will literally not show you that page again. If you don't comment within 20 posts, like you'll never see that page again, no matter how big they are, Disney, the NFL, anything like literally, if you don't comment on that brand post within the net, within 20 posts of them posting, you won't see them again ever. That's how the algorithm works. So the stuff that you comment on, they're going to give you more of that. They're not going to, if you haven't commented on the page for 20, you know, posts, bye-bye. And so look at some of the biggest companies that like literally have no, no reach out there. So that's one of the funny things is uh, amongst the new platforms, you'd think it'd be Instagram or Snapchat or something like that, but it's still Facebook, crazily enough. No, it's, it's amazing that, that Facebook, even with all the, you know, Facebook's never in the news for anything good, right? It's always in the news. For <laughs> they're still your data. And, and, and they're, they're still number one. I, mean, I was reading an article, a book, um, on, on just building a following in, in social media. Right. And it, it's a fascinating book and, and getting things to go viral and think about it differently. But the largest number of um, Facebook users by country is India. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and so, so you don't think about, we don't think about that. Not that we all need to market to India, but if you have a product or service, especially anything online, there's 
a billion three in India that speak English. So I, I want to ask you something uh, along those lines. Yes. You've got so many questions running through my head. But when you're talking about Facebook, whether you're Disney or Jaguar, I know who's, you know, you've worked with, um, hopefully you got like a, a car or whatever out of that deal. I do. Uh, a car. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, Facebook's the biggest platform, but I know I myself don't, um, I've, I don't think I've ever interacted on a, a large company ad on Facebook. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook and I, you know, post my, I post my podcast, I post myself drinking wine. I do the stuff that everybody does. Right. Um, but if like an ad for the NFL comes by or whatever, I, I don't comment. I don't even look at that stuff. I might for some local people that I know, like um, businesses to you local businesses, people yeah. that are, or people that are in my network that are, that are advertising and doing ads rather than organic. But I guess my question is pretend I'm the norm, pretend I'm the normal person that just scrolls past advertising sure. and you know, the get off my lawn guy, why are you interrupting my Facebook <laughs> with, with your advertising? Right. How do you, um, whether it's for your big companies or just the, the people that the content that you put out, how do you help people learn how to engage better? Like how Absolutely. would I, as the everyday business owner, I've got Adam's hardware yep. and I want people to see it. How do you, grab my my attention that that it's not getting today absolutely so the ad stuff is tough man i mean I, i'll give you right now the organic side which is where we really hone in and we're really good and that is i'll give you three things right now you can be posting every single week that will guarantee to work if you had adam's hardware all right he yeah, says guaranteed to work travis huff guaranteed to Dude, this work this shit is guaranteed to work as long as you don't got zero followers if you have any kind of followers this is guaranteed. Is this business page and personal page or business it can be, or it can be anything i mean okay. really really strategy on business pages you okay know what I mean? so say you have any kind of size following business pages three things that'll work a funny friday funny shit on facebook works me and my wife actually have a funny <laughs> cast page it started uh, adam as a training page for my team and it literally has like 150,000 uh, international followers we can get some posts will get up to a hundred thousand organic reach on a single post on Facebook, but that's cause it's a funny cat page, right? So we've taken that model too for our customers. Okay. <laughs> if you're a hardware store, you probably just type in hardware, funny memes, and you can just type in your industry folks. I'm just going to give you a hack right now. Type in pizzeria, restaurant, taqueria, uh, auto dealership, and then funny memes and see what other funny things have been created about your industry. Okay. Like if it's this, we have a storage customers and we do have real estate customers and we'll do funny Friday quotes and this shit gets shared more than anything on earth that we can give you. And okay. Um, people say, well, I'm gonna put my logo. On. I'm going to do this. No, don't put your logo. Give the other creator the credit, like, you know, the watermark in the background. That's okay. Trust me. It looks better. What happens is people share this content. It works. I guarantee it. So find something funny, have a funny Friday, be consistent about it. Do it every Friday, a funny Friday, funny Friday, funny Friday, or a funny Saturday, funny Sunday, but pick a day and one day a week be funny. I guarantee you out of all your posts, this will be the one that gets the organic reach. I guarantee you. I mean, it's okay. proven. It's proven. So a funny one. The second is a motiv motivational or emotional story. So tell a story, tell a motivation, tell a story about one of your customers that you've helped motivate someone by finding a motivational quote or an inspiring quote about your industry. If you're a, a realtor, you can find home quotes. If you're a business owner, you can find small business owner quotes. If you're a marketer, find marketing quotes, social media, find social media quotes. 
you basically just find interesting quotes that are motivationally focused, not necessarily funny now. Now we're talking motivation. Now we're talking inspiration. Now this is stuff that gets shared too. It won't get shared as much as the funny, but it's guaranteed to get a few maybe shares. It's guaranteed to maybe get a friend tag their friend's name, you know, and kind of get that small amount of engagement that it starts, you know what I mean? And cause that's what it is. You need to first start by getting a little bit of engagement. And then the more you get, the more it grows. I mean, that's literally how a page grows. It's just a little bit of engagements here, comment back. Okay, cool. And more engagements. Okay. Next post that two more people commented. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. And like, that's literally how things grow outside of spending a shit ton of money. We're talking just organic free stuff here. folks. Yep. Those two things, Funny, motivational, or emotional. Tell an emotional story. That also works. And the last thing is to give away a contest price. Okay? I'll tell you the guaranteed one to work. I'm thinking of a number between one and 500. <laughs> the winner guess, and the winner gets a $50 or $100 gift card to Adam's Hardware Shop. Do you want to guarantee yourself some engagement, folks, today? Give away a $50 or $100 gift card to your business. I mean, it's a win-win. It's a, it's a you're not giving $500 in cash. You're giving $500 of your business, you know, especially if you are a restaurant or anything like that, you're, there's a margin in there. You're, you're, you're winning. Right. So, and as people know, a lot of times with gift cards is if someone gets one, then they're more likely to spend more at their purchase. So it's a win-win, right? So give away a weekly gift card. Okay. Have what's called a timeline engagement contest. You can type that on Google too. type in Facebook, type in Instagram, type in engagement, engagement contests. Meaning the, the point of these contests are to get engagements. They're not to collect data. They're not to get email addresses. They're get to they're The whole point is for them to be tricked into the algorithm. Okay. Now, if you do these three things, folks on your weekly, weekly routine, and then you do your other posts, do your other high branding posts, do your other, you know, visual posts, whatever. I guarantee you guys are going to win. I guarantee you'll have more organic reach and more. And then the more you do it, the more it works. So it's crazy. I mean, there is, there's still organic reach out there. I mean, they're really, those three things will all be unpaid. You don't have to put any boost behind it, but if you did want it to, to get to see more people, folks, here's a tip. Boost it to a hundred to three to uh, $1 to $3 on every single of those posts. So increase the reach of that funny post by basically paying for people to see it. Now, Adam, it doesn't look like an ad, right? Like, so you see, a, you see, like, let's say a funny local retailers doing funny memes and you see one that comes across your ad. It's going to look like content. It's not going to look like a boosted post it's going to look like content because it's not the, the derivative of it is not to send you off to a landing page or get you to go here. It's just putting content out there, right? Even if it's a motivational or a contest, or you see the funny one, if you boost any three of those and you see it on your newsfeed, it's not going to feel like it's a, it's a, it's an ad. It truly won't because the nature of it is not an ad, right? Like think about it. Right. No, I, the, the I nature love of that. The content itself is just organic. You know, it's just organic. You're sharing motivational, you know, it's not, you're not asking someone to go off of Facebook to fill in their data, you know, put in my name and email to join my list or, you know, we've all seen those initiatives from the ads. So that is the beauty of a boosted post is that if the post is good, you'll get a shit ton more people seeing your post now. All of a sudden you're getting even more shares because you're paying Facebook a little money to reach more people. They're gonna say, oh, thank you, Adam. We like that you give us money. We're gonna give you a little more organic reach in your next post. So it's funny, even a dollar will trick the algorithm. A dollar a day. I love that. All right, we, 
We're talking with Travis Hoff here on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. We just got three things that you can do for free that take literal, literally little to no time in order to do and little to no money. My big thing has always been, I want to show you how to make more money without spending any money. Uh, and you can learn my eight steps to make more money in your business without spending a dollar on marketing or advertising. Go to freebookfromadam.com and you can download that book. You just got Travis's three three steps to make get more reach organically without spending another dollar. We're going to dig into those in the last 10 minutes that we have. And so Travis, you, you, you started your business. Now you've got employees. Now you're learning everything that's going on. The pressure's your on. <laughs> business is now right now, but your business is now a business. Yes. It's no longer a hobby. It's no longer a, an idea. You've left ABC so now you're running it, but now Facebook, while it's still the biggest and we talked about it's the biggest, there's what, 200 different social media platforms. I don't know, is Foursquare still out there? And, you know, there's things out there that people want to be on or they're spending time or money on. Yes. Um, how do you help clients understand where is the best spot, what they should be doing? Because it's not one size fits all. The tips you gave are great, but they're not one size fits all. Every business no. has to think about it. So how do you help them think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, every client is different. We try to take that from the proposal process all the way through our whole campaign. Um, we don't have template pricing and things like that, you know, because just for that reason, we don't know what the page is going to be. We can't just give you a price if we don't know what the hell, you know, <laughs> managing a million people is a lot different than managing five people, you know? So the expectations of five are going to be, we need to get to a hundred. The end, uh, you know, 1 million people, you want to maximize reach and not have a whole lot of other objectives. So every client is different. You're absolutely right. And there's also always new platforms right now. TikTok is the one that people are talking about because there is organic reach on there and people are growing and scaling and things like that. Now it's not for everybody folks. So I always say, don't run to it. If it's not, if you can't manage it in your day, don't, you don't have to do it. You know, people have a lot of success just being on one platform. You don't need to be on a million. I think one of the stronger platforms you could be on right now is LinkedIn for anybody out here. You know, anyone doing anything related to business, you got to be on LinkedIn. I mean, if you don't have some sort of format or platform or anything, please go to LinkedIn. That would be the one to start. They have a great online uh, mobile app to be easy to use on your phone. And I think per personally, if you're going to, that's been my pipeline business one. You know what I mean? Like, Yes, I have a Twitter, an Instagram, a Facebook, but the one that's brought in the most business and relationships has been LinkedIn, bottom line. So, and, and do you do Funny Fridays on there too, or do you try to be a little bit more businessy? Business it's mostly business. Yeah, it's mostly business. It's, and you could do Funny Friday on there. You could do, those tactics work on all the platforms, but Facebook for sure. Those ones for sure work on Facebook. The other platforms all have their own differences. You know, on Instagram, people don't really share like they can share on Facebook. So we'll have like posts of local clients. We'll have them getting shared a hundred times. You can't get that with your Instagram posts, folks. Yeah, someone can tag a friend's name. They, they aren't gonna, you don't get the extra viral reach because of someone sharing it, right? Like it's like a major retweet. Like imagine if 500 people retweeted you today, you'd be getting a shit ton more organic reach coming in on that post or your profile. And so the Instagram obviously has its own beauties of, of hashtags and certain benefits too. So I think that's the truth is that you have to just figure out which one makes the most sense for the business as well as what, what for their budget, you know, because it's, I always have to tell them we're saving you time or we got a whole team. We worked, you know, basically almost 24 hours a day on their campaigns. 
you know, I mean, with the exception of a few hours, I got team <laughs> members waking up early and team members, you know, they like to stay up late at night. And so, Hey, it works for everybody. And, and, but the bottom line is that most of the time it's all about the money too. You know, they, you have to be real, real with any customer, you know, uh, we try to keep on the low side of things to be very efficient. We're not a $99 social company. Most clients that we have, Adam, probably pay 300 to 500 on an average month. And then a lot of them are on the tier, maybe like a thousand to 2000 and plus maybe. And those usually have a lot of different ad elements involved. You know what I mean? So we're running all the ads for them and things like that. Um, but most of the clients are in a, in a very reasonable retainer that I think we provide a lot of value for that price. Um, and I've been like my dad, I've never overcharged my customers as far as like going back to them and saying, Hey, Adam, you were in a grandfather plan. Now it's more, you know? So <laughs> I just, I've been able to just kind of keep the customers. I mean, shoot, we have a lot of the same customers. Uh, and Adam, our biggest vertical is advertising agencies. So our biggest vertical folks and why we really have thrived is that we have a white label program for the agencies, meaning that we become part of their agency to do the work. So when they decide to have XYZ client come in, they, you know, charge them a thousand dollars. They hire us for 500. They make 500 profit. They don't have to do any work. We do all the work. They turn over the reports, you know, and it's very turnkey for us, Adam, because I learned early on that having a sales staff is, it's tough, man. Some of those people, it works out and sometimes it doesn't, you know, with salespeople. And so I, I turned the opposite model. We have where our team is in a horizontal. They all work from their own, wherever they feel comfortable wherever they like to work. We don't have a big office or shop because we decided that actually works better for everybody as well as for me as a lifestyle entrepreneur. But honestly, the, 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 uh, you know, having, having a bunch of people in a place, it just would create too much uh, chaos for me. You know what I mean? And, and, and sometimes you have to know that, you know, you have to know like, is this going to be good or is this going to be not good? And, you know, I think that's one of the, the key things as an entrepreneur is to know which kind of entrepreneur you are, you know? Um, not all of us want to be like Elon Musk. Not all of us want to be like Jeff Bezos and build hundreds of thousands of employees. Right. I mean, it's just the truth. I, I don't even like having one. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a lot having 27, <laughs> dude. It's a, it's a lot, man. And some of them are contractors, you know, we start out as contractor relationships and uh, shit, that's going to probably have to change too with these new laws and stuff going on. And so, the best thing about business is that there's always something new to learn, man. I mean, it, it keeps you on your toes, man. You never feel safe. <laughs> every day, every day. And, and you can get more from, from Travis at realtimeoutsource.com. Yeah, He's man. all over social media, obviously. So Travis Huff, you can go there. But I, I hope everyone heard what he just said. Um, not about the necessarily the employees, um, although definitely if you live in California, yep. the contractor laws, you mentioned that. But the white labeling. Yes. Um, so many people that I meet, so many business owners come to me, they're like, Adam, I need to make more money, but you know, I'm not great at sales. I'm a great practitioner. I'm great at what I do, but I'm just not making enough money. You just brought up the white labeling side of it, where you work with an advertising agency and they go out and sell it and your team fulfills. Yes. Every business can do that. Absolutely. A legal white label, an accounting white label. I mean, literally any service that's a professional service that requires a person could be doing this. And there's a lot that are out there, but I found also that there's a lot of sketchy ones too. So the industry kind of gets burned in certain ways because some people say, Oh, I'll do all the social media management and all that, but they're not really doing good social media management. So I'm not going to name the names, but there's competitors of mine out there that do, you know, real cheap social media management, but you're getting kind of crap. You know what I mean? You're not really getting a great social media campaign. Unlike obviously what we feel like ours, where 
it's each client's getting their own content. Each client has their own targeting, their own initiatives, their own ads running. It's just a little different, you know? And so the biggest thing is with the white label is that we wouldn't be in business if we didn't have it transparently because we've been able to generate so many new leads and opportunities from places. I never even know these people before, before they became part of the white label. Like I have clients in different parts of a country, you know, let alone I have some agencies here, but different parts of the state, you know, and it's like that I would never be able to work with their local clients. So it's a win-win for both because I feel like the campaigns are much better at them because they give us the insights that we need. Like, you know, they're talking to the customers, they're giving us the insights we need to make the campaign better, you know? And so we look at it as a win-win, man. Like, I mean, it's a true win-win and, and we put a lot of effort into our campaigns so that they stay reoccurring. You know, like one of our first agencies, Rick, he literally has like 28 campaigns. Some are seasonal, some are just ongoing monthly, but he doesn't do any work. And all he has to say is, hey, I got a guy. Like, that's it. Like, that's all he has to say. And he's just like, boom, I got a guy. Okay, cool. And a lot of his customers have been with us since the beginning. I mean, some of them have turned over, but there's been a lot of us that are staying there consistently, doctors and lawyers and uh, automotive agencies. And as long as we charge a good retainer for what we're doing and we're not overcharging, you know, I think that's the key thing is that there's a fine line of like, when you charge too much, you're not really getting the value back, you know? Yep. So, no, but I, but I, I, I love that because... Not only is it a great way to grow your scope without having to, to be a great salesperson or be a great marketer, right. but you don't have to spend the money on marketing. So if, if your normal campaign is three to 500 bucks, right. if you're doing it in a white label, you might be able to do it for 150 to 250 bucks because you're not spending money on the marketing to get that person. That person's coming for free and you built it in such a way that... Um, that you did. So everyone needs to take that away, figure out how you can white label. You have a great service. How can other people do your marketing for you? And I think either one of us would be happy to, to just give you the, the steps on how to do it. So we've got a few minutes left. We could do this all day. I know. I love and, it. And, we'll, and we might have to do this another time. Um, so everyone gets overwhelmed in social marketing, social media marketing, and you just downloaded like a hundred thousand dollars worth of free advice to most businesses in the last 25 minutes on what they can do. But what do they do first? And I, I don't mean that in, in like the baby steps. You've got a business, it's ongoing, and you've, you're putting out organic posts or you're doing something. You gave us the three tips, yeah. but what do, they, what do they really do first? Do they analyze it? Do they just go out and start doing those, your three tips? Yes. How do they do first without fucking it all up? Well, I think if you, if you already got a following, you start rolling out those tips right away. You yeah. know, if you haven't done shit yet, folks, and you're just getting started, I think you need to analyze where your audience is and where you'd actually want to spend the time. Because I don't think every platform like TikTok is not a value for most people. Let me just be real. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a value if you want to just get some organic traffic and just some views and stuff, but it's not like, if it's not going to pay off, these kids are like 10 years old. You know what I mean? Unless you're selling something to a 10 year old, then you, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like it, it does, it just doesn't resonate. So, so unless you have enough, unless you have time and money, Adam, unless you're a millionaire and you're, you know, got tons of money, like Jeff Bezos wants to be on TikTok. No problem, man. We got the money. You know what I mean? So I think that's the fine line, Adam, is most entrepreneurs or most business owners, they have to wrestle with that. You know, like you don't have unlimited time and unlimited money. So pick which platform. And I would say most businesses, if I could just give you one, it's probably LinkedIn first. Second, I would say Facebook only because Facebook can be localized and the ad platform. 
the ad platform on Facebook is still the best folks. Facebook controls Instagram. They also co control WhatsApp and messenger. And also they have a huge ad network inside of that, meaning other third party apps that also they run ads for. So just in case you didn't know that folks, they have a huge third party network. That means other little apps and other little things and devices and blogs and it's its own third party network of people. So anyone that fits in your targeting and they're even on other apps, you can be running your Facebook ads too. So I think that's the key element is also learning how to do Facebook ads because I think every single business needs to have an ongoing Facebook campaign, whatever that is, it could be different to you. I mean, it doesn't have to always be sending them off the page. It could just be, hey, we love serving your local community and just making sure that that's in front of as many people as possible. It could be this, which I think is the most strategic at this point is retargeting, meaning anyone that's been on your website, folks, you can put a little mini pixel in there that's hidden and it tracks them. And then all of a sudden you can run ads to people that have been to your website. I mean, let's be real. That's like the most valuable thing you can do. Anyone that's been on your website is your most hot lead. And, and like trying to find someone that has never been to your website. If someone's been to realtimeoutsource.com, I need to be hitting them over the head with retargeting because the bottom line is that's yeah. the hottest lead that we have. I mean, we don't get a ton of traffic. We're not McDonald's or, you know, we, we, we don't get millions of traffic each, each uh, month. We might get less than a thousand in a month, but that's okay because they're very valuable. You know, they're very valuable people that are maybe making a critical decision in their marketing. And as you know, as a business owner, we don't need very many of those to convert to have a continually growing business, you know, especially if it's a white label partner, my man, because all we need is one per year to grow our business. Like we need one good partner per year. So that's it. So like over the last 11 years, I would say I probably have, we, I think we work with like 20, I would say the high twenties of actual consistent agencies. And then some that kind of pop up and they use this for campaigns and they kind of intermittently here and go, but those 20 people have changed our whole lives. Like it's not my customers and relationships. Yeah. We do have some that have come through the website, their local business or whatever. But like we talked about before, it doesn't take a lot if someone else is selling your service, you know, and I might have a new one tomorrow. I have two calls tomorrow with two people. So those two people could change my whole next two years. You know, I think that's the thing that other people forget about is that the power of the white label is that you, you're empowering other people. And then also there's no pressure. It's like, Hey, if you want to use this, no worries. If you don't, no worries, man. Like we got a bunch of other stuff to do. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a, it's a win-win. And, and as everyone knows, they always want to make more money with doing less work. Like we all want to make more money. With <laughs> <laughs> I think I could title every podcast that. Yeah. Like let's make more money and do less work and we'll be good. Everyone. And then sit on a beach every day too. Let's just do make money, more or less work and on a beach and get a workout every day. Oh shit. That'd be cool. I mean, it's not for everybody, but you know, for most of us. I, I, I'd be good with that. We've been talking <laughs> with Travis Huff from realtimeoutsource.com and the Be Real podcast. Travis, I appreciate you being here. We're going to have to do this again. we got so much more to talk about. Thanks, brother. Love you, man. You're awesome, brother. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for being here on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast with Adam Kipnis. Uh, look forward to having you on the next one. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.